big discussion this legislative session is over North Dakota Auditor Josh Gallion. Now, the auditor's office, uh, whether you want to call it a lightning rod, whether you want to call it a, hey, they're out to get you, you can use any way you want to describe it. But when I think of the North Dakota Auditor's office in my time, the 14 years I spent in the legislature and fought long after that, and actually long before that, I thought of Gordy Smith, uh, Bob Peterson's right-hand man. And, and Gordy Smith was, uh, you know, the guy. He was the guy that came into the room and, and it just took it from here to there in terms of, all right, Gordy said it. You can you can count on it. You can trust it. Now, I know that's a big lead-in, but I was glad when I called him and he's willing to come on. Gordy, good to have you back on News & Views. Thank you, Joel. I I I don't want to say you're a quitter for retiring, but you're a quitter. Can I just say that? Yeah, Joel, it was a tough decision, but I had some health issues, and the neurologist said that would be better for me, but it was a tough decision. Yeah, well, you should have told her no, or him no. <laughs> we miss you, bud. Uh, Gordy, the, the North Dakota Auditor's Office seems to be under the, the big eye of the of the legislature. Um, Josh Gallion, you know, feels, and he's putting word out there that he feels he's basically under attack uh, by the legislature. Give us your take on what you're seeing from afar. Well, first of all, Joel, you know, the audit profession itself, and especially auditing state government isn't easy. You're, you know, you're never going to please everybody. I certainly didn't. I had, you know, we had our critics when we did our job and everything, but I, I think um, Mr. Gallion is is being a little oversensitive and is overstating uh, his case here. Um, when he first took over in in 2017, you know, his one of his first things in dealing with the legislature was, you know, the Legislative Audit Fiscal Review Committee is who his office reports to. It's who we reported to. And one of his first things, one of the things that he's done a lot of is either hold a news conference or hold press releases, issue press releases um, relating to audits that are being, that have been issued. And our office, the 36 plus years I worked there, we never had one. We didn't issue one to bring it because to me, you're bringing one, you're bringing attention to yourself and two, you're also bringing attention to the client and it's negative attention to the client. And I don't think there's a need for that. Now, if the media had questions or legislators had questions, we answered them. And it was usually me answering by request of the state auditor. But by doing that, he's doing. He was doing that initially, and the legislative audit fiscal review committee members didn't like it. And I wouldn't have if I was in their shoes. They're the ones responsible for handling the audit. You know, once it's issued, and here, you know, it was out in the media before they had a chance to receive it. Now, he justified that, saying, "I work for the citizens." Well, he reports to the legislature. The legislatures of policy-making branch of government, and he's got to find a way to work with them. Now, when I was there doing that, one of the things I did was always make sure I stayed in touch with those members when we were going to issue an audit, especially if that audit had some controversial findings that was going to be of high interest. I would give them a courtesy call or an email and say, this audit's going to come out. Do you want a copy of it? 
and most of the time they did. So I would get them a copy of it, and we would post those audits on our website. The media knew we did it. We told the public we did it. So if anybody wanted those audits, they simply went to the website and printed off a copy. If they would have called us for a copy, we probably would have given that to them. But we didn't make a big show of it. So to me, that that got him off kind of on the wrong foot. Um, these other things, you know, he cited in recent articles, you know, he cited that he felt he's being attacked each session. Well, that initial session, the thing he cites was that in conference committee, and Joel, you know, you were, you were, you served and you know, you were on those conference committees. He's saying that in the conference committee, towards the end of a conference committee, that there was, there was an employee whose number was cited right in the, the appropriation bill to be eliminated. And you know how extremely, extremely rare it is that the legislature would pick an employee by number and eliminate. Now, his contention is that Representative Nathy brought him that number, identified that number in that bill, and Representative Nathy is saying, no, I didn't, that that was brought to him by Mr. Gallion. Well, when that came out, you know, I was already retired, but the individual who that was was my right-hand man who had been a superb employee for 20 years, nothing but great performance um, reviews, and was the most knowledgeable person after I left on performance reports, and I knew what that would do to that division. So I called Josh Gallion up and told him that. I was upset. I went and talked to Mike Nathy. I went and talked to um, the Senate Majority Leader, Rich Wardner, and told him it would destroy the performance division. And in my time in doing that and knowing Representative Nathy and stuff, I am 100% believe that he's telling the truth that it was Mr. Gallion, in my opinion, that brought him that, num- that, that number. So all this the stuff about being criticized by the legislature during my tenure, we were criticized by, by the legislature on various audits. You remember the uproar when we did an audit of WSI. I had legislators go to my boss and say I should be fired. We had issues on other audits, you know, but one, we didn't, I didn't take it personal, even though once in a while those attacks were personal on me. <laughs> I was doing my job. I made sure that we were honest in our appraisal, whether it was of Democrats or Republicans. We stayed stayed true to our form and did that. But we also tried to work with our clients. You know, we gave them opportunities to show us we were wrong during the audit so that at the end of the audit that, you know, if they said, well, you must have made mistakes, we were able to show them that we had given people in the trenches and their bosses opportunities to show us where our, you know, what, what we had interpreted was wrong. Yeah. I just, Gordy, that- Gordy, hang, hang with me. I got to take a quick little sure. break here. Uh, when sure. we come back, you know, the, the, the question for me that I want to ask him and, and Gordy's not looking for a job, uh, but what I want to know what he oh. would do, how do you fix something like this? All right. 
North Dakota Auditor Josh Gallion uh, claims that he's being targeted by the North Dakota legislature. Gordy Smith is always my go-to guy when it comes to how the auditor's office works, what's going right, what's going wrong, whether or not there's any validity to this. If you're just joining us right now, uh, he did a good job of pointing out how this uh, all could have and should have been handled differently in terms of holding press conferences after uh, audits. Uh, Gordy, how do you fix this? I mean, how do you, th- th- there just seems to be a lack of trust by the people who make policy uh, versus the executive branch here when it comes to the auditor's office. You know, Joel, I think that's a real good question, but I just think that there needs to be, that's, that's one of the things that um, one of my jobs when I was there was legislative liaison and, and it 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 wasn't always easy, but it it, it takes time in, in order to build that trust, you know. Um, but I think first of all, the viewpoint, you know, and I don't know, I I I, I'm, I don't I haven't worked with Josh, you know, but I, it just seems to me his viewpoint. Um, I I viewed our clients, you know, people in state government, and and I would include local government into that. And legislators are no different than my view of of the population. And, you know, the vast majority of North Dakota people are good, hardworking people who want to do their jobs and, and move forward. And that's how I view state employees. That's how I view legislators. Now, are there bad apples? Of course there are, just like in any, any place. But to do that, then, you've, you've got to trust a lot of that. Now, auditors, when they're doing their jobs, the phrase that should be in the back of their minds is professional skepticism. So yeah, you trust everybody, but you got to get in there and corroborate everything that in your work that you're doing day to day. Now, as far as dealing with legislators, they're doing their job. They're working hard. They're doing their job and they're looking, they get deluged with 900 bills in 80 days and they have their, their, own interests. If you're a farmer rancher and you're in there, obviously anything dealing with agriculture or something related to that may pique your interest and you may be really interested in that, but you've got a lot of other things. And they they get a lot of information, stacks of it, from agencies and, and lobbyists and everything else. So one thing they relied on the auditor's office for was short, concise information if they could get it. Well, to me, I, I just think that Josh's view, at least the way the behavior goes here, that viewing those guys, he's got that he should be viewing those the legislators with in order to as partners and not as adversaries. So when he views the legislators, like say the Legislative Autumn Fiscal Review Committee, I viewed it if there are ways that I could offer them professional courtesies where I could alert them to things the same with whether it be appropriation committees, if they were handling a bill and maybe they had questions on a prior audit on an agency they were handling ways like that, that if I could build trust with them, et cetera, that they would then come to us for that information. And then you've got a two way exchange, but writing articles and calling them corrupt or telling voters to, ask you know their legislator what have they got to hide and that kind of thing 
or dealing with clients and going to the to the media to make them the clients look bad because that's all the clients are going to be defensive. They they always were. I mean, they, I wasn't the most popular guy when I got a hold of them and talked to them. But if you treated them fairly, the majority of those clients would eventually see that you're doing your job. Now we found yeah. things wrong, and sometimes the agency reacted badly, you know, and I, I was in some battles with some high-profile clients, too, but those were the exceptions. They weren't the rule. Most state employees well, are trying to do their job, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully they're listening, uh, Gordy. Hopefully they'll yeah. take some advice because there's a lot of experience there. Love getting a chance to visit with you. Thanks for answering. You, you never should have gave me your cell. Thanks for coming on today, Gordy. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, uh, and I'm happy. I just I take a lot of pride. I've got the break here, Gordy. So you you bet. bet. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll come back. Your thoughts about it right after this. I want to just touch base with uh, Gordy Smith, uh, formerly with the North Dakota Auditor's Office. Obviously, that's front and center uh, on many people's. Well, basically, it seems like the current North Dakota Auditor's Office is at war with the legislature. Now, you might say, well, is that political, Joel? They're both from the Republican Party, and they're both squaring off. Now, Gordy, before uh, the break, before the bottom of the hour here, we were talking about what to do, what what not to do. I guess I have to ask you, uh, why do you think Josh Gallion does this? Why do you think that that he creates the, the media that he creates? You know, I think that's a, a very good question, Joel. Um, I'd say the the easy answer, which sometimes is, you know, according to some theories, is usually the right answer, um, is he he likes he bringing attention to himself. And I don't know if he has further political aspirations or if he just enjoys that. Um, I think one way you would ask about um, trying to fix this. One way he could show that he wants to fix this and to get along better would be to stop having uh, either news conferences or issuing press releases um, for these audits that are that are being done. Uh, post them to his website, make that announcement, um, and he's not. You know, it would go over better with the clients because they're gonna, they're going to feel better that they're not being embarrassed. It would go over better with legislators. Uh, especially the LAFRC members, and he'd be demonstrating that he's at least making an effort to to try to get along better, to, to, to try to make things better, because the only people that's going over with well now is himself and, you know, the people, I guess, that support him. But I don't think they're going. it's going over better with um, a lot of the stakeholders, certainly not the clients, certainly not legislators, and I think a lot of the people in the public, it's not going over better. It's not going over good. And frankly, Joel, I, I took a lot of pride in the auditor's office, uh, in what we built with the, re, uh, with the respect we got and everything else. And I think that office should be held to, to the highest standard. And, and the kind of things he said in that article and and the kind of things he talked about, the disrespect he's showing legislators, I think that office is is above that. And and I I don't like to see that kind of thing. I wish they were getting along better. I think this reflects poorly on the whole office. 
And I know there are good auditors there. There's still some there that when I worked with them, and I know darn good and well they're good auditors. And so I don't well, like seeing that. What, what about the audits themselves? Have you ever taken a, a kind of a, a pulled the curtain back? And does he does does he do a good job of auditing the books? You know, I haven't really looked at it, Joe. But I will say this: you know, I know. Uh, I'm very confident in what I'm saying as far as the performance audits of state agencies. The ones we did, the ones that were um, run by the gentleman who um, was, you know, whose job was taken from him back in 2017. He was my right-hand man. Those audits are not being done now. The quality and depth of those are not being done now simply because they don't have the knowledge and expertise and experience they had when we were there. Now, they're still doing some they call performance audits because they're done by the performance audit standards. They were the two-year audits that are required by law. We used to call them agency audits, and they can call them performance audits. There's nothing wrong with that. They, But they're more of a really small, a lot smaller scope. Those scope that scope is almost already set It's because they're done every two years. It's basically the same. I won't say exactly the same scope, but basically the same. So those performance aren't as in-depth. I know they do a few other performance audits, not nearly as in-depth as ours. I know they also do some performance audits out of the Fargo office. I have more confidence in the individual that is doing those um, that those may be more uh, in-depth and of a higher quality. I haven't looked specifically at one of those, but I know the ones that are done in Bismarck simply aren't as, as in-depth. They don't spend as much time. They haven't come out with as much significant findings that would alter uh, significantly alter the, the way state government has, has operated. As far yeah. as the rest of the, of the rest of government, uh, you know, they're, audits of the state's financial institution uh, and their single audit stuff. I assume those are just as good as they were. I know some of the people that are in charge of those, they were good auditors when I was there. And I assume that they're still doing those in, 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 in a good quality. Well, I, I know this, that if I were running that office with what you and, and others did there, I would, I'd take your advice. I mean, I would. I, I don't think the people of North Dakota mind a good audit. In fact, I think they deserve it, and they want it. it it's just a matter of what you do with it. Uh, as I mentioned many times, I, I was audited every year at Rillwater as per federal requirement with the federal grants and loans that I got. And and that's right. We, we should. Um, and it made you better. It, it did. It, it, and they're always going to find something, and they should. It, I shouldn't say they should, but... It's a good thing when they do, Gordy, and, and yeah. um, I just think that audits can be a, a positive thing way more than what people perceive it to be uh, normally. Now, that that's not including the IRS. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> no, and, and you know, so I, I mean, generally they are, and I would, that's why I say the majority of the clients that we had when I was there, they, you know, nobody jumps up and down and cheers when you come in but if they're handled correctly when you're done you find some mistakes and they're honest mistakes the majority of times 
they be, they're able to fix them. A lot of times it's because the staff is overworked or they were in a busy period of time and they, they made an honest mistake. You show them what's happened. Maybe you help them with a better system and you move on. And, and there's no animosity. Everybody's happy. Sometimes it doesn't end up that way. Usually in those times, it ends up being the person in charge who is who's the problem. It's not the people in the trenches. If you show them what should be done, they're going to do it. They're cooperative. They're hardworking people. It's usually the person at the top whose ego gets in the way that fights the auditor, tries to make it. They're afraid they're going to look bad. That 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 makes it difficult. And yeah. the same I'll say with the legislators. They're most of them. We worked with were fine. Every one of the legislators I worked with didn't like me. They didn't like the auditor's office. I'm not ever making that claim. But the vast majority did, and the vast majority trusted us that we were going to do our job and give them accurate, reliable information. I had many, many times they would come, legislators would come to us for information that had nothing to do with an ongoing audit. It would have been something in a past audit. And they would ask us information, ask us what were good questions to ask agencies during an, an appropriation hearing or on a bill so they could get right decisions. And so I, you know, I valued that. I, I, we were proud of what we built in there, and that's yeah. why I don't like this kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that's why we called you. So, uh, Gordy, thank you uh, as a state. You know, aside from this whole issue, uh you know, as a state, we miss you because I remember workforce safety. I remember some of those other issues that it wasn't always popular in the beginning, but once you gave people the facts, then uh, policymakers like myself uh, could make decisions based upon that. So uh, yeah, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, say hi to the yep. family, and thanks for coming on, bud. Okay. Thank you for having me, Joel. You bet. Gordy Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, I, I go back to this. I go back to the fact that you need a good, strong auditor's office. You do. And I don't think any agency in North Dakota should get to whine uh, about being audited just because they got audited. I don't think that's what Gordy was getting at just now. I think that these state agencies need to be audited. It, it shouldn't be a, um, you know, a whole insider trading kind of a thing. And, and for that, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the North Dakota Auditor's Office, no matter who was running it. You, you need that. Uh, that being said, I, I'm not sure you need to be as public about. I think Gordon just did a good job explaining why that approach is wrong. Now, there are times I think you're going to have to defend yourself as well. So in, in fairness, we'll we'll try to get uh, North Dakota Auditor Josh uh, Gallion on, too, so he can hear his side. But I don't know how you could do much better than to hear the experience that you just heard in, in terms of Gordy Smith and uh, and everything he brought to the North Dakota Auditor's Office and for the state of North Dakota. I mean, I worked with Gordy a lot. I was on finance and tax for a number of years. I was on, uh, you know, I was I was on appropriations. So the auditor's office was our check and balance on a, on a lot of those things. And it, it it's your money. I mean, it's the it's the people in North Dakota's money. It's the, the where you're listening to me. Those government dollars are yours. So we're going to talk a little bit today as well about uh, 
you know, red and, and blue states divorcing. Uh, that's being proposed by one of the more prominent Republican politicians out there uh, today. Certainly one of the individuals that they have put front and center as to being one of their spokespeople uh, in Marjorie Taylor Greene. So we're going to get a chance to, to visit about that a little bit and um, find out, you know, what the details would be, how you see that shaking out, whether or not you think something like that could happen. Because if you look at the legislatures, uh, you look at what's happening here in North Dakota, you can kind of tell they want to be on a separate island. They don't want to be involved uh, with the rest of the nation when it comes to certain policies and procedures. And, you know, and, and just the, I would add this, just the sheer arrogance of self-importance by some of them is astounding. When, when you've got an individual in front of you saying a prayer, I mean, literally saying a prayer, and you've got legislators who have asked them to come in the chamber and give the opening prayer of the session, and then you've got the Yana Murdals of the world that turn their back to them, I, I just... I, I can't imagine, and, and then she's going to teach people and make sure that classrooms teach uh, Christianity. I wonder what I wonder what Jesus would do, you know, coming into this this day after Ash Wednesday. I, I wonder what what Jesus would do if he would have seen Yana Murdoch turn her back to that opening prayer. It's just there, there is such an arrogance when it comes to it.